This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. Today, we are answering a bunch of your questions. We love listener questions. It's really helpful to find out what's on your mind. So I really appreciate you sending those in. We'll get right to it. But first, I want to give a shout out to Rebecca, who is my wife, but not this Rebecca. This is a different Rebecca who introduced me to uh, Heather Haverleski's writing and uh, her book, Foreverland. If you have not yet listened to episode 202 of Marriage Therapy Radio, um, check it out. Uh, Heather Heverleski has written a really brilliant book that I think you should read. And I want to thank Rebecca for uh, pointing us in her direction. Also want to say hi to Jesse and Juno. Thank you for raising your hand. Um, it's really cool to know that we are connecting with folks around the country um, and also around the world. My buddy Warwick is uh, down under. He's always good for a dad joke or an insight. So I appreciate you and I appreciate all of you actually for being a part of the Marriage Therapy Radio community. I actually have a favor that I need to ask. I need your help. Um, Laura and I are brainstorming a new project and we need your ideas. Um, so I am going to put a questionnaire in on the Instagram. Uh, I'll put a link in the bio here right now. Um, but if you are not following us on the Instagram, please do that at Marriage Therapy Radio. And if you are, go over there and uh, click the link in the bio. I have three-ish questions that I need your help with. Um, just so that we can sort of narrow our focus. I am definitely trying to steal your best ideas, so I'm unapologetic about that. Um, but I do want to make sure that we are uh, focused on things that you are interested in, just like today's mailbag. Um, again, thank you for your questions. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I'm almost tired. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <sighs> it's weird. This is weird for us. It's Sunday. Usually we're Thursday morning, so we're right at in bushy tail. But man, Sunday... Sunday is something else, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I feel duped. I got up real early this morning to get my kid to ski lessons, which started at 930 and I left my house at 730. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Gosh. But it is such a beautiful day outside. Anyway, um, are you single parenting? What's going on? Like you sent me these messages about you like needing to take care of this and that and all yeah, that. What's no, happening? I, I have actually have a bone to pick with the people who invented teenage girls. Like who thought oh. this was a good idea? That <laughs> There has to be like a chemical where we can like stop puppies from growing um, and keep them puppies forever. And then like just like magically make it so that we never hit the teenage stage for kids. And they just go from like six to... 26 and we don't have to go through the crap in the middle i guess there's problems with every single phase but man yeah rebecca's been out of town this week uh she left wednesday morning it's sunday now so usually we're okay but i think mary and i have about a three and a half day window of tolerance for one another 
<laughs> Did you hit three point? So we're outside today? of that window right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and I yeah. turn into like a monster. I don't understand it, man. I'm I, like in general in my life right now. I feel really healthy. I feel mm-hmm. actually like a like a like an actual adult, like a healthy adult for the first time maybe in my whole life. That's so but great. Then, but then you know she'll push my button and I turned it into this ogre, you know, <laughs> full of just vitriol and oh gosh I was talking to somebody the other day about something that's happening in her world and I I was oh I was talking to my therapist uh, um, and your therapist was telling you what was going on in their world no from in Mary's world I was talking to, oh, I was okay. talking to the therapist about something that's going on in Mary's world and Got I said it. I'm pissed about it but actually what I really am is I'm pissed that I'm pissed right like, that's the thing that's m- making me the most and so how do you get out of that cycle? Well, ideally, oh, I, yeah, she changes. <laughs> like, that would be great. <laughs> if, if, I love that that's like even in your, in your ideally, your scenario. Is yeah, the like, ideal situation, the ideal is that, solving of this problem is over it. the other person changing. <laughs> <laughs> this is marriage 101, right? Yeah, marriage 101. I'm going to go ahead and give you like the, uh, the easy answer on this one. That's a real crappy scenario you just played out. I'm going to give oh, you about a grief. thousand percent chance that's not happening. Anyway. We were on the sideline yesterday at a soccer game and all of us just started kind of talking. It was an early game. We were all started talking about how we got out the door that morning. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, I felt not alone. It was really helpful. It was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Feel not okay. Alone. You brought up an interesting thing though, which is I felt angry about being angry. Yeah. And we've been calling like that, that like the double whammy and I've been kind of. Who calls it that? <laughs> I, I have been calling it the double whammy um, just in learning about kind of like what shame is and and how like you might be having a, a negative experience, but then it's how you handle or what you think about how you feel. Does that make sense? Like yeah. how you feel about how it's you feel. It's meta emotion. It's meta. And it's like, if you have the double whammy of, man, I'm really pissed off that I'm like, because right now it's Sunday afternoon. It's sunny. It's beautiful. I need to do a 10 mile run. And I just don't have the energy. I'm exhausted. And so I'm like, man, I'm really tired. That's a bummer. But then if I feel pissed off at myself for not having the energy for not being able to run right now, I'm pissed at myself for not having the energy. Just the double whammy. Yeah. It's, um, it you is know what I find really helps with that a lot? Napping? Just take a nap. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh. just, just bury yourself under some blankets. and. Which is and what I did. I told down. you, I was like, I'm going to need you to call me when you're ready because I'm going to go ahead and close my eyes. And I yeah. don't know how long it had been, maybe 15 minutes, but I got a legit nap. I was asleep for a very long time. Yeah. Um, Good. Anyway. Glad I could help. So we're doing mailbag. Um, oh yeah. You might want to say that again. Cause it sounded like you were, I didn't understand what you said. Uh, we're doing mailbag. We're doing mailbag is what we should say. Mailbag, oh. mailbag, mailbag, mailbag. Um, Do you want to say It's really cool. Song? People write us and I think that's really cool. And I want to say again, I have a lot of, uh, uh, like respect or not respect, but maybe appreciation for those of you who trust us to have anything meaningful to say about your life. But um, right. Give it to like the dear Annie, right? Like they give us one paragraph and they're like, okay, solve it for yeah. me. <laughs> what do you think? I'm like, mm. Yeah. Okay. So here's a complex one. Um, and we're just going to get right to it. We're going to go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the complexity is basically, it's the one where it's like, I'm not really attracted to my husband anymore. And Mm. there was quite a bit of background information about it. But as I'm reading the, I'm not really attracted to my husband anymore. Kind of what's happened is that the husband's pushed back and said, I think you need to go see a therapist. Like Mm. you might not be attracted to me any longer, but I think you're the problem, which in all reality, a lot of times when couples come to see me as a couples therapist, they're basically just trying to make a case that it, they're not the problem. It's their partner. That's the problem. Yeah. By the way, your therapist can see straight through that. So yeah. like you yeah. can go ahead. I and, just tell people it doesn't work. Like that's not going to work. We're, we it's can, not going to work. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Both of you need to go ahead, raise your hand high to the ceiling and say, hi, my name is so-and-so and I am the problem in this marriage. If well, you what if you were, that, right? I think that's a really helpful question. And even for this guy, right? What if you were the problem? Like, what if you were like, so, okay, forget it. Forget that she's got this issue, that issue, the other issue. Maybe she's got a laundry list and all of those are true and valid and good and real. But what if it was you? Like, what would you do? What would you Mm -hmm. change? What would you, what would you work on? Yeah. Um, You know, I think that's, I think it's an interesting posture for that guy, but. Yeah. Which reminds me, I don't know if by the time this episode comes out, if we'll have the interview that we had where the gal was talking about the pies, but that really, that really resonated for me. We will not. Yeah. That will come out later. It'll come out later. Well, just a little snippet. I mean, basically what she said is like, stop looking at your partner, start looking at how you can improve your situation, work on your pies and your pies is your physical well-being, your intellectual well-being, your emotional and your spiritual um, well-being, which I really liked because I was like, thanks. That gives people something to work on. I tried Um, to get her to say baking your pies, you know, baking your pies rather than working your pies. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, her name's Kimberly Holmes. She'll be coming. We'll have an interview with her. You can listen to it. Dear reader, uh, uh, dear reader. (laughs) We'll have that in middle of March, I think. Yeah. Dear reader, kind of like this is like uh, hello, Annie. You know what? I mean, I don't know if we're still answering this guy's question or this lady's question or not. But we're, here's we'll the thing that here's the thing that's been interesting to me lately. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I know you have, but if you haven't seen it on the internet right now, not right now, just it's always on the internet. But um, there's a YouTube video called "It's Not About the Nail." Oh yeah. And the notion of that's not about the nail is there's this lady and she's got a nail comically in her forehead. And all she wants is for her husband to listen, right? She just wants her husband to listen. She just wants her husband to listen. And why don't you just listen to me? And it's funny. It's really actually very, very hilarious. And he ends up kind of getting the point, you know, where he, he, he empathizes. Then the video ends. But here's the video that I think we don't actually see, which is what do we do about the nail? The woman Uh has Uh a nail Uh in her head. Okay. Yes. Empathy. A hundred percent. Listen to me. Don't fix me. Don't solve my problem. Also, right. uh-huh. there is a nail in your head. Oh, you know? I'm so glad. Now you're coming full circle <clears throat> and I get it. I get it of what you're talking about because we talked about this particular email that came out, uh, came in from a listener and the listeners saying, uh, you know, my husband's saying it's not about me. It's about you. Like you need to go to therapy and so she goes to therapy and, uh, and then she comes back and she's like, I'm still not attracted to my husband. Mm. And as I'm reading through this, this gal who wrote, and she's like, what do I do about this? Like, I'm still not attracted to my husband. I said out loud to you, as I was kind of like trying to relay it to you, I said, Ooh, it sounds like she's depressed. Mm. And that's, that is a major, major factor. And it actually came in coincidentally with another listener who wrote us, I forget what, why we were doing this. It was like a joke we had, right? Like a 
I don't know, a couple months ago of like the, the quick, quick tips, like Mm -hmm. super easy tips. And the woman basically just wrote, she's like, just start taking SSRI. It was like fixing a broken leg. And I'm like, man, these two need to get together. Cause it sounds to me like she's trying to do everything out here to fix her marriage. She's like, I'm not attracted to my partner. And I kind of, I mean, these might be things that you find yourself saying, like, I don't really like my job anymore. I don't, I like, ugh, I used to enjoy these people that I'd spend time with, but I don't know, like I'm over them. And man, like I, I used to be a really good runner. I'm not a runner. I don't enjoy doing that. And I'm like, let's talk about the nail for a second. Is it possible that maybe mm. you might be depressed and that might be impacting yeah. your attraction to desire another human being or even like want to connect with someone else. Yeah, totally. No, I get it. You know, solve what you can solve. And sometimes we don't know until we actually just sort of explore the option. So medication, sometimes it's the answer. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's exercise. Sometimes it's, you know, um, sort of fake it till you make it is on the list of possible solutions. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that we can actually address the solvable part of the issue. But, um, but yeah, I, I do think you have to kind of hold both of them like kind of the, what is the, what is the larger, more pervasive thing that's going on inside the relationship? And also mm-hmm. what can you do to both of them, both of them, actually, what can mm-hmm. they do to ensure that they are taking care of their side of the street for sure? But it is really tough if your partner's looking at you and saying, I think you're the problem. Yeah. I mean, it is really hard to go, Hey, you know what? I think you're right. I think I am depressed and I'm finally going to go and like, see if maybe I need to get on a medication or if I need to like, you know, make some major life changes that might well, impact my mental health. Even if that's coming from a really good and loving space, it's what I have begun to label benevolent contempt. Hmm. Like, I think you need to go to the doctor, I think you need to see a therapist or I think you need to quit drinking or whatever it is. Like there's some benevolent contempt in that space, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also just not helpful. But I do think, again, if I'm talking to both of them, like, yeah, keep exploring your options. But for him in particular, as the, I think you're the problem person. Well, what if you were, what if, what if you were mm-hmm. like, not even, you don't have to admit that you were, but what if you were, what would you start working on? Mm-hmm. If, if I said to you as a, as an expert, Hey, the way that you solve this problem is you change. Unlike my theory about my teenage daughter, um, you know, what would you do? And then that actually, that's actually kind of empowering, isn't it? You know? Yeah. I'm all about, it's really interesting. I mean, I, the, I don't know if I will, I'm, I'm actually a little disappointed that school for me will be ending because I have thoroughly enjoyed just having somebody else put things in front of me that I was unaware of or uninterested mm-hmm. in and saying, you have to learn this or else. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm learning a lot and I really want to continue to be in this space of learning. But um, having a personal sense of power has been a massive thing that I have been really understanding. And when we lose that sense of power, a lot of things start to go haywire. Yeah. And I, um, you, you might have, you know, like actual power where you're like a, an adult and, and the power is over a child. Um, but having that power of choice in a relationship or that power within your control, having that control, that feels really good to have. And when we lose it, that's when we start to make poor decisions or we lash out or we, you know, kind of go into like our, what do we call that? Wounded child or adaptive child state. I'm mentioning that because we have an interview with Terry Real coming up that I'm pretty excited what? about. I know. 
it's true. It's true. Um, Terry, yeah, we have a we have a laundry list of us. really cool interviews that are coming up. You know that Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, and that is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, relationships, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor. With the ability to communicate when and how you want, whether it be messaging through the phone or video conferencing. The matching process is quick, but thorough. Look, I know that a lot of therapists are booked out and difficult to get into, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you are supporting Marriage Therapy Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com MTR. So it's trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register with BetterHelp. T-R-Y-B-E-T-T-E-R help H-E-L-P.com forward slash MTR. And you receive a special discount as a Marriage Therapy Radio listener. Hey, can I read another question? Sure. All right. So this lady, uh, I'm not sure what she's asking, but maybe you can help me because okay. um, I'm I, I actually not sure she's sure what she's asking. Mm. But she's asking about a very specific phrase called fault finding, as though it's uh, maybe it's that it's clinical, mm-hmm. clinical in nature. She says it translates as overly critical criticism. Um, the husband, I guess, in this case, will hold an expectation that he doesn't communicate. Oh, he has an expectation he doesn't communicate. Then when I don't mean it, he'll stonewall and get very angry, and eventually I'll pry it out of him. When I learn about it, I'm usually frustrated because he didn't articulate it to me. Yeah, and he thinks I should just know because it's common courtesy. Which is he is bullshit. very courteous. Um, but, uh, people pleaser. And so once the apologizing comes, uh, she goes into this one sort of behavior and he labels it fault finding. And so I don't, you were like, yep, yep. So what are you yep yapping? Cause I'd like to know what you're thinking. Well, okay. Let's just, first of all, let's talk about the first part, which is, um, uncommunicated expectations. Mm-hmm. And I see this a lot. And there are some people that are really, really good. Like they came out of the womb. They had these family of origins where they felt safe being able to communicate their needs and their needs were met. And so now they're in like this safe place where they have their person in their world. And so when they have a criticism or like they have a complaint, they, they have no issue saying, Hey, I'd really like it. We call it a gentle startup, right? Like communicating Mm -hmm. your needs to your partner. There's no issue there. But then, you know, you might have 50% of the population where they don't communicate their needs and they just store it up or they start to assume that their partner should know their needs, which is a load of crap. Your partner should never have to play any kind of mind games or assume or just know. Um, Or you get sneaky or you get contemptuous because your partner doesn't, doesn't like pick up on these like... I don't know, passive aggressive communications about what your needs are. So I would start with him in helping him. If he was a client in my office, helping him to figure out what is it that you actually want? What is it that you actually need? What needs to be commute? What's in your head and how can you communicate that so that your partner has a clearer picture of what you want and be able to ask for it? That's where I would start. That's where I find fault first of all, with this. So naturally she's in a space of 
confusion or disarray because she doesn't know how high the bar is that she's being asked to clear. Yeah, but she's, yes, yes. And sometimes she doesn't clear the bar and she goes, well, I didn't know where the bar was. Or like, mm-hmm. if you had set the bar here, it would have been different. Or well, I don't understand why the bar is there because yesterday it was over there. And did it, mm-hmm. um, then maybe that's the experience that they're having, which I think qualifies as for her, you know, defensiveness, right? I mean, it is the, yeah. it is the way, it is the failure to take an appropriate amount of responsibility. And of course, I don't have mm-hmm. much more insight into what they're talking about, but defensive people who are prone to defend I think need to learn more about the situation, right? This is a big thing that I've been thinking about in my own house, which is, you know, if I start to feel defensive, do I, what do I need to learn about? What do I need to get more information about? Or what do I need to maybe even concede? Um, Which I think if we go back even to the top of our time today, like when you're outside your sort of window of tolerance, whether that's fatigue or Mm -hmm. um, just sort of, uh, you know, lack of change or lack of perceived change or your own, you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, that can be a lot harder. Yeah. So part of it, I think if we circle back even to what you said is beginning to set that whole conversation up for success. Um, But to put her in this example into more of a posture of discovery about what it is that is actually going awry, you know? So uh, her, her place, like to give her some sense of power of, well, that now, now I just have to wait around for my husband to figure out how he can put into words what is going on in his head, what his expectations are, and to gently communicate to me his needs, give her some power and it's make it safe for him. Get curious. Yeah. And it's not in a hunt you, I'm going to hunt you down. Cause that's kind of the problem is I find, you know, in her situation, if she was, trying to prevent this situation from happening. What I see in households is that she in particular is going to become hypervigilant. And if she sees something on his face of him, like not being happy or being frustrated or being irritated, and she doesn't trust that he's going to communicate what's going on for him or what his needs are, she's going to become very curious and it's going to be smothering. It's what, Mm. what, what do you think? What's going on for you? Like, did I, like, I I don't understand what's, what's your need. And it's very needy and it's just, it's like overwhelming. And I see this like pursue, 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 and they try to like really get it out of you. Um, but she needs to be able to make that space safe enough for him to communicate where it's not her trying to dig it out of him, but instead just, you know, like, Hey, why don't we sit down? Let's talk about your expectations for the weekend. How mm. would you like the weekend to go? Yeah. And be curious rather than hunting. I think you're onto something. And it actually brings me to, I think, our last mailbag issue for the day. This one's actually from uh, Instagram, from the Instagram. Somebody messaged us. And it's similar in its scope, but this lady, Leah, I guess, or, am I allowed to say that? This lady. Sure. Uh, this lady, Leah. Uh, voice is sort of a similar issue and it's kind of this issue of we drop into pretty toxic patterns pretty fast and pretty easily. Yeah. And that is, that means we have two fights. We have the fight that is about the fight. And then we have the fight that is about the thing that we need to actually just solve or resolve. Yeah. Right. And so the fight about the fight is usually the one that's loaded with contempt and criticism and defensiveness and that one takes a really long time and it's exhausting for everybody. The other one is the one that you actually get things done or maybe you actually make decisions. So I think what you were saying there at the end is this idea of, hey, what are your expectations for the weekend? And let's let's make sure that we have that conversation every Friday at 3 p.m. Right. Um, in that particular situation from that first the first email, it was a blended mm-hmm. family scenario. And so 
balancing all of those priorities and commitments and loyalties is always hard inside a blended Mm -hmm. family scenario, but easier when we can map it out a little bit, right? Easier when we can sort of say, and maybe he can go into the weekend and go, Hey, I'm, I'm just feeling a little, I feel like we've, we've had, you know, your son now for three or four days and I'm starting to feel a little insecure. So I'm going to need an extra measure of, you know, hugs and kisses this weekend. Yeah, And that changes the whole thing, but it's not in real time and in real space when you can't, when you can't think about it. So even to Leah's mm-hmm. issue about, you know, how do we do, how do we separate the, the fight about the fight from the fight about the thing right. into two different spaces. And it's literally, you separate them into two different spaces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, um, have, have like the preemptive, I mean, if you can get to the point, I don't know if very many people think or are even aware enough to have the pre-fight and it's not even the pre-fight. It's just the, um, I had this moment where, you know, I shared, we were getting ready to go up to Elk Lake and I'm really realizing with myself that I am, um, an introvert. I don't like human beings after like day two, Mm -hmm. I get really overstimulated. And so having the pre fight of before we even get to Elk Lake, let me let you know what's the pre fight, right? It's like, let me just kind of let you know, sort of where I'm at. I have some anxieties as we head up there. And this is what I think I'm going to need. I'm going to need to maybe leave a day early. I'm going to need to probably go to bed early. I'm going to need a little bit of a quiet time. And you can have like that pre fight. If you know that like, Hey, we're going to have the step kid every other weekend. So let's talk about what can you anticipate about what your needs might be and how can you communicate those expectations to your partner hmm. through the pre-fight so that you're having that conversation before you ever get triggered by that sense of discomfort, anxiety, depression, whatever might come up for you. I wonder too, if that doesn't also include the pre-sex, like this lady at the top, who's not uh-huh. attracted to her partner. Mm-hmm do we wait until we're attracted? Like there's this whole, de- this whole debate, right? Whether attraction or desire comes first right? or uh, dep- attraction or arousal comes first mm-hmm. and whether or not it matters and all that other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. is there a space to begin to say, Hey, if we're solving for more sexual intimacy, is there a measure of trying to do it in the predictable planned space because your natural inclination isn't making it easier in the, you know, sort of spontaneous arousal space. Okay, That'd so be let interesting me, to think through. Yeah, let me just kind of draw this out a little bit because I, um, I think talking about sex is a lot of fun. But what you're talking about is if you're waiting around to feel aroused, for oftentimes, especially for women, that's going to come maybe the day right before your period which means Mm -hmm. that if you happen to be home and there's no kids at home and you're not working and you're showered and like all the things are in place. And then all of a sudden you have this like spontaneous arousal and then you can hunt your partner out and he's not working or she's not working. I mean, it's just like if you wait for this spontaneous arousal to come around and that's when you initiate sex, you are never going to have sex. And so it's what you're talking about is what if maybe perhaps you just engage and then you allow, you build that arousal. Mm. Like it's the middle of the day and I'm tired, but my partner wants to connect with me. So I say, okay, let's Mm. do it. Can you give me a back massage? And then maybe rub my butt and then maybe like, you know, like say some naughty things and all of a sudden I'm feeling aroused. Now you've just created that arousal. Like that couple from the first 
like that couple from the first email when I'm saying to him, like, well, what if you were the problem? You know, her primary complaint is I'm not aroused. And it's like, well, what if you were? Okay. What if you were, what would you, what would you do? What would you, know? you do then if you were aroused? Yeah. What would you I'd do? What care, if you were? I, you know what? I would hear many people go, I'd take care of it myself. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But that's not the question she's asking. She's not asking about how to get off. Right. She's asking about how to feel connected to her partner. Right. So I don't know. That's something cool stuff. That, something that's uh, been kind of eye opening for me is if you are the low desire, excuse me, if you're the high desire partner. So let's just say if you, Zach Brittle, are a high desire partner and I'm the mm-hmm. low desire partner, mm-hmm. who has the most control in the relationship? She Not does. in the relationship, but with the sex life. Yeah, in the sex, she does. Yeah. Lower low desire des- partner has low, more control. Has more control because they're the ones. And that has not always been the case, obviously. Yeah. In marriages, it's, you know, uh, no means no. And so in the past, if yeah. you were the high desire partner and, you know, marital rape wasn't a thing, then you would have control. But yeah. it's a thing. Anywho. Um, By the way, can I end with a movie recommendation? <laughs> Did you just end me? Well, I mean, we are, we, I think we're out of questions and we're also, out, I don't know. Did you have more to say? Cause it felt like you I, hit the nail on no, the head there. Mm-mm. No, yeah, I, I actually have more to say. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Bad. Go, yeah. Go. Okay. So, and then I, can I end with a movie recommendation? Yes, you may. Okay. <laughs> so I'm the low desire partner. What's been kind of blowing my mind is that. You as the high desire partner who wants to have sex, what can you do to put me in the mood? What can you do to earn or help me to feel more at peace so that I can tap into pleasure? So it's almost like, you know, I I hear a lot of men that are... I can tell you, I think you ought to go get therapy. Me? And come back when you're fixed. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. No, but it's actually the wrong answer, isn't it? Like, yes, it is. So, 100%. what can I do to, like, yes, tell right. me, what can I do? Because, well, because it's like, if you're frustrated, what can I do, you want to you have sex, what can yeah. you do? That's a really great question for you to ask. Hey, low desire partner, I yeah. really would love to have sex with you. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, uh, I'm not really in the mood. Then the next follow up question is, how can I help you? Yeah. How can I help you get in the mood? Well, I'm worried about work tomorrow. I've got a pile of laundry. Uh, I have to, you know, bake a million cookies, blah, blah, blah. Awesome. What can I do to take that off of your plate? How can I get you to tap into your ability to feel at peace? How can I help you? If that is the follow-up question rather than, hey, do you want to have sex? No, I'm not into it. And then you go storm off and be pissed off. Okay, you're not into it. What might help you get into it? How can I help you? Yeah, or of course, another version of that same question is, okay, cool. I still want to be with you and near you. Like, what's a good alternative? Should we play what? a board game? Can we go for uh-huh. a walk? Like, what? Like, I still do want to feel connected to you. Yeah. And then maybe that itself is the gateway to, you know, being able to circle back and go, hey, how you, like, now, now can we have sex? I mean, not, uh-huh. you're not trying to, whatever, but I get you. Yeah. How can I help you to feel more at peace and be able to tap into your pleasure? Because right now you've got a lot of other things that are competing for your thoughts and all of that. And I want to be able to, they call it like, uh, chore play, you know, like, are there any chores that I could take off of your plate to help clear up 
you know, your, your thought process. Yeah. All right. What's the movie recommendation? Have you been watching movies? Yeah, I've actually been watching a lot. I've been actually watching a lot in a very specific style that I'm trying to learn more about, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, this rem- side note, this reminds me of our interview with the LA times. She's like, did you see this movie? Did you see this movie? Did you? See-? And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I didn't see any yeah. of those. Okay, okay. So this movie, it's called the last duel. It's on HBO max right now. It's okay. got uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Adam Driver and Adam, no, uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, what's the other guy? Matt Damon. And then Jodie Comer, who is fantastic. She's from this uh, show called Killing Eve, if you've never seen it, which is also nope. a really cool show. But the, sh- the, the movie is based on this historical interaction or historical thing that actually happened, a duel. That was a duel to the death between these two people. One was married to Co- Jodie Comer's character. The other one raped Jodie Comer's character. Okay. The movie is told in three chapters. The first chapter is through the lens of the husband. The second chapter is through the lens of the guy who assaulted Jodie Comer. Mm -hmm. And the third chapter is through her lens. So it's the same story told three times through three different lenses. Interesting. And three different perspectives with three different protagonists. Okay. And ultimately she, it's a feminist movie. She is the hero of the movie, but it, and it can be uncomfortable, but I think it's a really, really good exercise in considering that there are different versions of Mm -hmm. reality based Mm -hmm. on who's telling the story. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, there's some, definitely some, again, it's, there's some parts of it that are uncomfortable. And if you're not a, person if you're a person who's averse to violence like there's i mean there's a duel to the death in it and so it can get kind of but i think it's really interesting movie to watch with someone that you love and then to walk out and go hey so what do you think what did you see what what Mm -hmm. do you think on here what's the because there's a lot to consider and i think that's something we need to do in our relationships anyway is just consider that there are many different perspectives on you know truth what we're what we're labeling truth Um, the truth is this woman was assaulted and also there are other versions of the story that make that assault uh, mean different things depending on who you are. So, mm-hmm. And I think I'm it's really going cool. to just layer on top of that, which is so much of what I apply in my work with couples is, hey, we had this really nasty thing that happened last weekend and we're still not over it and it still hurts and we're still, you know, divided. I'm like, okay. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to talk about what that event meant to you, your experience of it, what it was like. Just go ahead and like tell your partner what it what it's like to be you a week ago and how it impacted you. And I want the partner. This is the most important part. This is the healing that happens. The partner to hear it and to understand it and to be able to say, wow, I get that that hurt you. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to me. You're going to validate them. That's how couples get over those situations when you feel a rift between you. And so what you were just talking about is a really important exercise. And it is something that I do over and over and over with couples to help them be able to heal from nasty stuff that has occurred in the past is you just show up and you listen and you just, you validate the experience that was true and valid for them, even though it's different for you. And then later on, we learn about what to do with the actual nail. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, Let's land this plane. Thank you for meeting with me on a Sunday and waking me up from my nap. Appreciate it. Yep. And uh, you go enjoy your daughter. I'm also single parenting. She's gone. She's gone for like four more hours. So I have like a respite. I don't (laughs) see her again until like six. I I hope you heal yourself up. So you're ready to take on more parenting. There we go. 
All right. Adios. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. And, um, you know, sometimes we play commercials, sometimes we don't. But just want to remind you that if you figure out that maybe there is a nail in your head and you want to go ahead and just take some time to focus on what would it be like if you were to actually take some control, um, maybe that requires a therapist to work with. So we have partnered with BetterHelp. You can go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR that's marriage therapy radio. And that will give you the discount when you begin working with a therapist in your area. If you have any questions about it, reach out to us at info at marriage therapy Thank you for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.